Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. For me, it's not just about making money right now. It's about what are you actually doing with the money and how is that going to impact your life and all of the people around you, not just for right now, but for the entire long term as well. So that's really what I focus on with people these days is helping them build the life that they want in the way that they want it. My name is Samantha Riley, and this is the podcast for experts who want to be the unapologetic leader in their industry. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing, and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life, inside and out. It's time to take your influence, income, and impact to the level you know you're capable of. Are you ready to make a bigger difference and scale up? This is the Influence by Design podcast. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I'm very excited. As this month, we are working on stepping into your power, being the unapologetic leader in your industry so you can build your elegant empire. And one of the topics that we absolutely had to cover when I was working out this theme for the month was money mindset, because I think that this is such a huge part of what holds people back from moving from that six-figure to seven, eight, and nine-figure businesses that they desire. So I have invited today's guest to the show and welcome and thanks for joining us, Emma Grayson. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be able to be here and to help some people with their money mindset. It's my area of expertise and I love talking about it all day long. (laughs) Well, you know, I've got to admit when I got the introduction to you and it said, you know, mixing Buffy the Vampire Slayer and some awesome financial guru... I was like, okay, we got to get you on. And obviously the universe aligned and we managed to make it happen. So why don't you start off by sharing a little bit about what it is that you do now and the kinds of clients that you work with? Yeah, awesome. So basically these days I actually do business consulting with people and I specialize in working with women that are in service-based industries. But what I found over the years was that they really didn't have good money mindset. I didn't understand that this was a thing for most people because I've always just been so good at money. So Mm. these days, a huge part of what I do is around the money mindset, but also the wealth creation and the way that people are thinking about this in the long term. Because for me, it's not just about making money right now. It's about what are you actually doing with the money and how is that going to impact your life and all of the people around you, not just for right now, but for the entire long term as well. So that's really what I focus on with people these days is helping them build the life that they want in the way that they want it. Mm, I love that. What was it that made you get into this line of work? That's an interesting story. (laughs) So (laughs) the short version of it is that I actually left school when I was 14 Mm -hmm. and I got told that I would never become anything and that I I needed to graduate and I needed to go to university and, and all of those things that we get told. 
And I ended up in my first business when I was 19. And I was in an industry where most people didn't really make any money. And I was told that I was an idiot for going into this business. I was told that I would never make any money from it. And also a lot of comments around the fact that I was a young woman. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I couldn't possibly know anything and I couldn't possibly succeed. So I had a bit of an attitude at that point, which was, well, everybody, you just wait and you just watch me. You just watch. You oh, my just dear. Watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just watch because I'm going to prove all of you wrong. So what happened was I proved them all wrong. I made a lot of money in a very short amount of time, as I said, in the industry that isn't known for making money. Mm -hmm. And I stepped into consulting and coaching work about just over 10 years ago, actually. And so what happened from there was that I started working with all of these women and I started realizing that they really, I was working with them from a business point of view, but I started to realize that they really didn't have confidence in themselves and they really didn't have confidence in how to handle money. They didn't have confidence in talking about it. And these were business owners. So it completely blew my mind. And what happened was I had this particular client that had made a lot of money. She had more than tripled her business in about a six-month period. She had opened up a second premises and, as far as I knew, was doing great. And then one day she came to me and she's like, I have no money. And I'm, I'm asking her, what happened? Where did all of this money go? And basically she had gotten rid of it all. Mm -hmm. And that was the moment when I realized that there is a difference between making money and keeping money. Mm -hmm. And because of not having the confidence with money, the education with money, or the understanding of how to just interact with it in general, I realized that I needed to actually teach people this because this was a skill that I very naturally, I had, it, it just came to me basically. Mm -hmm. So from there, I really started focusing on helping these business women get confident with money because when women are confident with money, they're going to obviously make more, but they're also going to keep more and they're going to do really cool shit with it. So yeah. they're going to create impact. It's going to, as a business owner, it will help their team that they've got, then their team's families. It will help in terms of how they can build their business with their customers. It'll help them with their families. And then it goes out into the community from there. So I've really made it my mission to help educate as many women as possible that I can. I educate men as well, but mostly women around money and being confident with it and what to do with it and just having a healthy relationship with it as well. So that's kind of the the short version of very long story as to how I've gotten to doing what I do these days. And I absolutely love it. Like it is you can see me grinning, obviously, <laughs> those listeners yeah. can't see it, but hopefully you can hear it in my voice. Like, I love this. This is creating huge impact in so many people's lives just from them getting confident with money. Absolutely. Money changes lives. And I do get a little bit frustrated when people say, you know, I'm okay. I just want to be comfortable <sighs> because I find that so disempowering. Like, I truly believe that they think it at the time, mm -hmm. but I really want to stretch people's minds in a couple of ways. Number one is someone's going to be making the money anyway. Why not make it you so mm -hmm. that you can do better things in the world? Because we know as coaches and, you know, we're here to make a big impact. The way that we're going to use our money is going to be much better than having it in the hands of some people that don't use it in such a, a conscious way. 
And second is there is almost, you know, there are still a couple, but there are almost no problems that can't be solved with money. Like, to, you know, you can be comfortable with money, but if you've got a very close family member that has a medical emergency, mm-hmm. then you want that money. Like it really does change people's lives. I 100% agree. And I think that one of the things that makes me really, really angry is that belief of, oh, I, I don't need to have any more more money than what I need. And it, it feeds into that comfort zone. But it's also all of these just bullshit beliefs that beliefs that people have around, oh, if I have too much money, then I wouldn't know what to do with it. So therefore, mm-hmm. I don't need to have any more. Or a lot of them, oh, but if I have more money, then people think that I'm just like some rich asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for instance and therefore that's a bad thing because people associate being rich or being wealthy with being bad yes because they're seeing that and I'm not saying that there's not bad wealthy people out there but do you know what there's also bad poor people so totally I just see that money makes you yeah money makes you more than what you are it's not attached to the money is it no it's not actually the money because the money just makes you more of what you already are so yeah if you're already a good person having more money means that you're just going to do more good but because people have got all of these beliefs that are that are caught up in it and a lot of it is generational as well and it's just it, it has to change and this is why I, I do what I do because the other part of this is forgive me because I may go on a little bit of a rant rant away <laughs> Rant away, I have permission. All right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what makes me really, really, really angry is that there are people out there teaching money mindset that don't have any money. Mm-hmm. So just a bit of background to give context to what I'm about to say. I am a legit multimillionaire. So if I wanted to write you a check for a million dollars, I literally could do that. Like I am not maybe one day I'll make this money or I've done millions of dollars in sales, which I have done. I actually have a net worth that is in the multi-millions. Mm-hmm. And I also have a very healthy relationship with money. But there are people out there teaching money mindset that don't have money. Mm. They may have made some money, but they don't have this healthy relationship and they're not keeping it. And when I say that they may have made some money, They may have made a couple hundred thousand dollars one year, hundred thousand dollars the next, and then they're accumulating all of the money that they've made over, say, 10 years and saying, oh, let me teach you seven-figure money mindset? Like, what? (laughs) So, makes no sense. So, what makes me angry about this is that because people that actually have unhealthy relationships with money are trying to teach people better money mindset, they're actually spreading the unhealthy relationship. Mm. And a lot of times they're making the person become worse with the way that they think about money than making it better. Wow. And because they're not aware of it and they don't see it, they, yeah, they're just collectively making it worse. So this really, really, really makes me angry because I see a lot of posts on social media about people saying these things and then they start talking about money mindset and I'm just sitting here going, what? Like, that is not how you think about money. That is not how you interact with it. That's not how you do it in business, for instance. And there's just so much wrong. And so this is one of the reasons why I wanted to jump on your podcast today as well and talk about this is because I am making it my mission to talk out about this Mm -hmm. because people don't understand and they're being led astray by people that actually don't know what they're talking about when it comes to money. So if it was me, I would definitely not want to be learning from the 
couple hundred thousand, maybe one day people about money mindset, I'd actually want to be learning from somebody that is like legit, actual multi-millionaire with money. Totally. And has that track record of, like I said, making it, keeping it, but having a healthy relationship with it as well. Totally. Because like you said, money just reflects or amplifies, Mm -hmm. not reflects, amplifies more of who we are. It's all about energy. And that's all it is. And we have to have the right energy to be, you know, being able to do what we need to do. It's really interesting. What would you say is the major blockages that you see with the people that you work with around money? Yeah, this is a really interesting question. So there's three main things that I see happen with the way that people are either interacting or the way that they're thinking about it. So the first thing that I see, which is majority of people, is that they don't like talking about money. Mm-hmm. They start to feel very, very anxious as soon as the word money is mentioned or the topic of finances come up. So they they get anxious. If you're one of these people, you'll feel it in your body. So you may feel as though you start to get tight in the chest, shortness of breath, and there is an element of back away, back away, back away that's happening. (laughs) So it's like, how do I shut this conversation down right now? Because this makes me feel uncomfortable and I don't want to talk about it. The flow on effect of that is that if it's in a relationship scenario, there'll be a lot of potential arguments around money because one person wants to talk about it and the other person doesn't. Mm -hmm. Or what can also happen is that nobody talks about it and therefore the finances are not managed properly, which then causes obviously a flow on effect at home. Mm -hmm. That then translates over into business as well. So if you're a business owner that doesn't like talking about money, then you really need to do some work (laughs) because this is money. 100%. You are talking about that constantly between like your customers, between you working out your pricing structures, like your day is about money. And if you're not focused on it because it's giving you anxiety, then you need to do some work on it because your business will never grow Mm -hmm. because you're not, you're disconnected from money. So that's the first thing is that money gives people anxiety basically. Now, the second thing that I see is that people uh, will make a lot of money, but they're doing everything in their power not to keep it. Mm -hmm. Now, this is happening so subconsciously. So I will never have someone say to me, for instance, oh, I make all the money, but then I do everything that I can to get rid of it. What they'll say to me is I can make heaps of money, but I can never seem to be able to keep it. I never seem to have cash in my bank account. It comes in, it goes, but I don't seem to be able to grow it. And if you're one of those people what will be happening is that you've got a lot of blockages in terms of your your energy and your beliefs, which I'll come back to in a moment, that basically is telling you that you are not allowed to keep this money. And so you do everything to get rid of it. So you might have a seven-figure business in terms of turnover, but you've got next to nothing in terms of profit. And the way that I see these things when it comes to business is that your turnover figure, that is like just a vanity number, right? Your profit that's sanity, but cash is king. Mm-hmm. So your cash position at the end of the day is the most important thing. So you need to do the work to be able to figure out how to actually keep that money there as well. So that's the second one. Now, the third one, this is an interesting one. I see people and they'll say things to me that will be along the lines of, oh, I'm okay with being comfortable. I can pay for everything. Like they might be renting, they might have a mortgage, but either way, I can pay for everything at home. Like I live a really comfortable life. Like I don't need to have any more. And here's the big one. I don't want to be greedy. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they relate that comfort is not being greedy. So therefore, comfort is good. So these people will have just this steady life, basically. So no big jumps in income, no big jumps in savings. They just kind of float along. And like I said, just nothing changes. So there's an element of that they've just plateaued. And in business, that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like really, that's not a good thing. If your business is is not growing and you are not doing things with your business, then your business is stale. And there is only a matter of time before that starts going backwards. I was just about to say that. You give that 12 (laughs) months and a business that's stagnant will actually not be stagnant. It'll be going down. Exactly. You, Depending on what the starting point of the plateau actually is and that stagnant scenario starts happening, yeah, 12 months maximum before it starts going down. In a smaller business, a couple of months of being comfortable, then backwards slide. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're a business owner, that comfort zone is definitely not a good thing. So that's the three main issues that I see that people have and then everything else feeds into those three things. Hmm. It's really interesting because as you were saying those, um, when you were saying the first one about people not liking talking about it, now this happened years ago when my podcast actually was it had a different name. It was that long ago and had someone reach out to me and I'd done an episode on money and she went, man, she went, that episode triggered me so much and I was so angry with you. And I just wanted to reach out and tell you that. And what ended up happening was we we had a conversation and over the course of a couple of weeks, she decided that she was going to work with me. (laughs) Though we actually did manage to de-escalate that conversation. But here's the interesting part. Do you know what happened after she paid her first payment? She ghosted me. (laughs) She never ended up finishing paying her bill. And I should have seen that coming because she was so triggered so triggered to even reach out and say, I was so angry with you for talking about money. And I think I probably said something like, you know, if you don't have a business that's making money, it's not a business, it's a hobby. It's something that I talk about all the time. I was, it was essentially, you know, from memory that triggered her, but we do need to have conversations about money and we can't put our head in the sand about it because we're never going to be able to move forward. Yeah. And it's really interesting that you bring that up because this is something that happens with me all the time. People are triggered by me just talking about money, just in a an everyday sense as well, whether they are business owners or, or everyday people. I don't really have a filter around money. Sometimes it gets me into a little bit of trouble when they're people that are not in my, my normal circle because I will immediately jump in and ask questions like, how much is your business turning over? But it's like my daughter's friend's mum. Uh-huh. <laughs> <cool>. uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so I have to have a little bit of a filter sometimes, but I don't... I don't feel uncomfortable talking about money ever. And so because I'm so comfortable with it, that triggers other people because they think that everybody should be uncomfortable about money because if they feel the way that they feel, then how dare we feel good about it? And there is this triggering that happens. And I can guarantee you that if you're still listening to the podcast now, you have probably been triggered at least once. Mm -hmm. I would say so. By the things that I have already said. So a big thing that triggers a lot of people when I start talking about myself is the multimillionaire side of things. It triggers nearly every single person that I speak to if I say that. And there's a number of reasons as to why that happens and it'll be individual for each person. But I, I purposely do that, first of all, so that you understand that where I'm coming from is a legit place. 
but also because I want you to be triggered because you can only create change when you're triggered. Mm -hmm. You have a choice. You can stay in your negative patterns and you can stay in thinking that I'm bad or that money is bad or whatever. You can stay there or you can see this trigger as an opportunity to go, okay, I didn't realize that money was an issue for me and I didn't realize that my money mindset was a problem. I didn't realize that I had an unhealthy relationship with money. But now that I've heard Emma talking about this, okay, I need to do some work on this and take that trigger for the gift that it actually is and turn it into something positive. And every person that I have ever had over the last decade that has been triggered by money, but taken it as that gift, they are in the best places possible financially, mentally, emotionally, their business, like every success that they've ever wanted has been created because they took that trigger as the gift and did something with it. So if you are triggered at this point, I highly recommend to take it as the gift that it is. But I just want to acknowledge that that does happen very, very often. So if you are triggered right now, completely normal. Mm. Now, you've mentioned a little bit there about the mindset, but when we were talking earlier, you mentioned that there's three different areas that people need to work on. Can you just kind of briefly give us, you know, what those areas are so that we can dive deep into them a little bit deeper? Definitely can do. So I see that these three areas, so we've got the mindset as the first area. So our mindset includes our beliefs and the stories that we have around money. Then the second area is the energetics. So this is the bit that confuses a lot of people. So the energetics are around the energy that you're actually putting out and the energy that you're attracting, but also the energy that's within your body. So if you're new to this being a concept, I like to bring it back to some real basics. So we have an energy field that comes from within our body and it goes all the way out around us. And when we've got the negative mindset side of things, so the negative beliefs, that creates energies that are then trapped within our body and trapped within our energy field. And these cause so many blockages when it comes to money. So what we need to do is we actually need to work on that mindset side of things and the energy around it to clear it properly because most people don't understand that there's a connection to the energy. So when I was ranting before about the people that are teaching money mindset that have got no clue at all, there is an element of, because they don't understand that there's an energy connection and the mindset connection, these are the things that actually need to be cleared, not just being focused on let's flip these negative beliefs into a positive belief because it doesn't work. What happens is when you try to flip a, a negative belief just into a positive belief, your brain sends off signals going, liar, liar, liar. Mm -hmm. like, that's not true. And so what that actually does is it messes with your energy field because nobody wants to be a liar, but yet you've just created a situation where you've brought more negative energy into your field because you're now telling yourself that you're a liar every time you're trying to tell yourself this positive belief. So there's this really important connection between those two things. So I actually feel as though when it comes to money that the mindset and the energetics are actually the two most important things because the third thing is the practical skills. Mm -hmm. So the practical skills are how to manage the money, how to look at the money, how to organize the money, how to do everything that, that comes with, with the tracking and just the practical skills. But the thing is, is that if I gave you all of the practical skills and we didn't fix the energetics and the mindset, first of all, those practical skills would be useless. 
So this is where we, we need to work on it in that order and those other three components. When you bring those three things into so the mindset, the energetic and the practical skills, whew, you can achieve anything that you want. You have basically totally healed your relationship with money because of the fact that you brought those things into alignment mm. because without them, you're not in alignment to money and therefore you're never going to have the finances that you want or the life that you want either. I love that you're bringing the mindset and the energy together because it's so important. And I really love the way that, that you explained it then. It's almost like, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? It's the way that they are so integral that the way that they work together is so important. Yeah, it really is. And I think this is where when I actually start working with people on this, they all of a sudden, it just clicks. Whereas they, they'll say to me, oh, but I've done work on this before. And oh, I've done mindset work and I've done heaps of stuff. And I just go, okay, yeah, cool. You haven't done it the way that I do it. (laughs) (laughs) There is nobody else like me out there that brings these, these elements in together or that has the experience that I have in the background too. So what I find is that even even those people that tell me that they've done a lot of work, they may have done and they may have improved quite a bit, but then this next level of it, it totally changes things for them because it does unblock the things that they didn't even know were issues because we're really tapping into what's truly going on, not this surface level, let's flip the negative mm. belief to the positive belief. We're dealing with this on a deep dive. Yeah, totally. Can you, without sharing any names or definitely no specifics, I'd love you to share an instance where you started to work with someone who didn't like talking about money and sort of what was a little bit of their journey? What was the outcome that you saw? Oh, I have so, 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 so many stories, but one of the most impressive and uh, I guess we could say huge transformation from A to B is this client that I had. She'd been in business for five years. She had made some money, but had the whole story about I can make some money, but I know that it could be more, but I keep getting rid of it all. And I don't really understand what's going on. I think I need to fix my marketing. (laughs) I'm like, that's not the problem here. It's a problem, but it's not the problem. What we did was she worked with me going through all of the clearing of the money, all of the energetics, everything. She was somebody that was not, she didn't understand any of the energetics. When I told her that there was an energy field around our body, she was like mind blown just by that. She had never heard of any of this before. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so she basically cleared all of these beliefs that she had, got rid of everything that was stopping her in that moment. And in the next, uh, I think it was seven days after that, she had $10,000 come to her from totally unexpected sources. So random things like Telstra refunded her $2,500 from a bill from like five years ago or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So really random things. So money already starts coming to her. Then what happened was her business just totally went to the next level. So I think she was turning over around $150,000 prior to this. Mm-hmm. And we clear these things and then she hit half a million dollars in the next 12 months. But the other kicker on this was that this was during COVID. She Her business was closed for, I think it was 75% of that 12 months. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. And so when she calculated these numbers out and we realized how long she'd actually been closed for, we were both a bit gobsmacked as to had she actually been open and been able to 
operate her business as it was a normal year, not a COVID lockdown year. Whoa. Yeah. What could she have potentially done at that point? The other thing was that once she cleared out the blockages, she then got another business opportunity come to her, which has been worth, I think it's $1.6 million to her so far. And she has another business opportunity that's coming to her as well that I actually don't know the exact numbers on, on that one. But all of these things have been because she was able to shift these blockages. Oh, I just remembered another part of her story. She did, uh, what was it, $58,000 in sales in two days, I want to say. Yep. Maybe two and a half days. And totally mind blown from that. So, yeah. And I think her cash position on those sales was about 24000 That's awesome. Yeah, from somebody that had like no money in the bank. She was sending me screenshots of like zero dollar balances on all of her accounts and now like sending me messages with actual account balances in things to show me where she's at. Totally different relationship with money. Loves talking about money, is tracking things, is like, oh my God, I have so many opportunities coming to me right now and realizes that it's because she shifted her blockages from it. Mm, So pretty impressive. I have many stories like that, but that one was a cool one. Yeah, love that. You mentioned tracking then, which is something that I also find that a lot of people have fear about. And when I very first went into business and I like 1994, we're talking a little while ago, you know, I used to hate tracking things because it was for me back then, it was easier to put my head in the sand than it was to actually deal with them because I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. But once I understood tracking, it turned into a massive game for me. Like I wanted to track everything. It gave me so much energy and excitement by looking at the numbers and realizing that you can manipulate, not in a bad way, but you can move numbers around. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, if I do that there and I do that there, this happens. Do you have, you know, does that, is that something that happens with your clients? All the time. So I love tracking numbers. This will make you all laugh. So as a seven-year-old, what I used to spend my pocket money on was going to the news agents and buying one of those old school ledger books. And I used to then track all of my money. So I could tell <laughs> as a child every month what I spent on stationery and magazines and like all the random things. And I would track it like all the time. So me and numbers are like best friends <laughs> from a long time. Yeah. So This is one of the things working with business owners that I hear all the time, though, is that they don't look at their numbers. And so to begin with, for me, that was just like, I don't understand. Like numbers are amazing. They're they're great. Like you should be looking at them because then you can tweak things. But most people don't think like that. And so what I find is that with clearing the money mindset side of things and clearing those blockages, people start to have that different relationship with the tracking because that's where I I put the tracking in the practical skill column. And so what happens is, I have a really great story actually, this client of mine, she was saying to me, I'm broke, I have no money. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, that, like, first of all, that statement is not correct at all. And I know it's not correct. So you're telling yourself a really bad story right now. So go and have a look at your numbers and come back to me. So she goes and looks at all the numbers I told her to and she comes back and she says to me, I have a lot of money. Really funny. You have a lot of money, do you? And she's like, yeah, 
I actually didn't realize and I thought I was in all of this debt, but I don't actually have that much debt. And I just thought I had no cash, but I forgot that I put all of this cash into all these different accounts that are not on the one internet banking login. Uh-huh. And so I actually have all of this money. Oh my goodness. This is not the normal story we hear. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I told her to go and track her business figures as well. So first of all, it was cash position. And then it was also business figures comes back with the business figures and her numbers were totally different to what she'd been telling me Mm. beforehand of what her turnover and her profit was. She's like, I'm actually making a really good profit. I'm like, I know. So this is what you need to be looking at. So that's one version and that is not always the case. That was a situation where that client had been working with me for a couple of years at that point. So I knew that it was not true. Uh Uh-huh. Right. But the other side of this that happens is that people tell me that they're doing really, really well. And when I get them to go and track their stuff, they're not. Mm. (laughs) They're doing terribly. They'll tell me they're making X turnover and X profit. And then they go and look at it properly and they're actually not. But because they've buried their head in the sand about it, they're not aware. So then they're making decisions from a place of, oh, yep, I've got money when they actually don't. So then there's a really bad flow and effect from there as well. And then they get to the end of financial year and they're looking at their figures going, I don't understand how this happened, Mm -hmm. but you shouldn't be looking at your numbers in hindsight. You should be tracking them as they're happening and before they're happening so that you actually understand and you can fix things. So if you know that this month, if you've got a seasonal business, for instance, If you know that this month is potentially going to be a low month, then okay, great. We fix that the month before so that we can have the cash flow. But you have to be looking at your numbers to understand that. Mm. So there's both sides of this where people get caught in thinking that the situation is a lot worse than what it actually is. And then we have people that think that the situation is a lot better Mm. than what it actually is. But none of it is looking at what the situation actually is. The facts. The facts, exactly. So one of the little sayings that I like to have is that if you are not tracking your numbers in your business, that is like driving a car blindfolded and not looking at the speedo or any of the other dials. So it's just a crash waiting to happen. So you have to look at all of your numbers when you're a business owner constantly. And it's not just the finances, it's all of the numbers inside of the business. And obviously, depending on what industry it is and what you're providing, you need to be looking at the numbers because this is what being a business owner is. And if you don't want to do it, then perhaps business is not for you. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. It's not- Which for some people it's not. I was going to say it's not for the faint-hearted, but the people that that are listening, I know that, you know, they're not putting their head in the sand. They're definitely, you know, going in the right direction and maybe this is about giving them some help to move to the next level. It's definitely you know, they're doing okay. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is that I gave you two like worst case scenarios on either side of that. But there are a lot of people that I also talk to that they are looking at some of the numbers, but part of what happens for them is that they don't understand what to do with them. Mm -hmm. So they may know what, say, I'll just do some basics. They may know what their turnover, their expenses are and their profit, but They don't know, okay, well, how do I create more turnover, for instance? How do I, how do I diagnose these numbers and tweak from here? What do I do with, if it is more of the internal business numbers, say it's leads coming in, conversion to sale, those kinds of things, upgrades and stuff. 
they might know some of those numbers. They might not. But if they do know some of those numbers, they don't know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. This is being able to educate yourself around that is key because that is being part of a business owner as well. Totally, totally. Emma, I know that you've got a report that helps people on getting confidence with money. Can you share a little bit about why someone would want to get a copy of this and where they can? Yeah, definitely. So basically I created this report around having confidence with money because that is the the first step and that is what most people are actually missing. So I dive into a lot more depth in this report from what I've been able to talk about today on the podcast about how you can do that, what the steps are, and I lay it all out for you in terms of what it is that you actually need to do to start getting confident with money. So I highly recommend that if you had any little light bulb moment from anything that I have said today and you want to go to that next level with how you feel about money and what your relationship with money actually is, that you go and download this report. It's absolutely free for you. I have got a link that pretty sure Sam's going to put. I'll put it in the show notes. Absolutely. (laughs) Put it in the show notes. Perfect. So you'll be able to download that for free and feel free, run through it and come back to me and tell me like what you, you can connect with me on social media or there'll be other contact details in the report as well. And let me know what you got from it, because I know, as I said earlier, that when people get confident with money, everything changes for them. And mm. so just getting those first few few steps and that, that first little bit of direction about, okay, well, what do I actually need to do? What are some of the things that I can implement now that can already start to shift things for you? So the report is highly valuable for you. Go and download it and let me know how it helped you. Yeah, so you can grab that over at influencedbydesignpodcast.com and download that. Emma, I remember one of my mentors one day telling us, it was sort of in a group call that was early in the new year and people were like, oh, I've got this, you know, that that Christmas, New Year, summer holiday kind of hangover and a lot of us were saying, oh, I just don't want to get into it. And he said, and I've never forgotten this, if you want more mojo, just go make a sale. <laughs> it 100% works. <laughs> it 100% works. I can vouch for that too, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There's nothing like, oh, excellent, we're, we're, we're back. <laughs> we're <Yeah>. back, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been fabulous chatting with you. Thanks for dropping so many wisdom bombs. And I think also thank you for you know, for getting those triggers happening because until we have those triggers, it's very easy to put your head in the sand and like you said, be comfortable. And sometimes we might need a little wake up call and hopefully this little wake up call happened for a few people today. Hopefully that's part of my mission. So I hope that it definitely happened for you and uh, you got lots out of it. So thanks for having me, Sam. It's been great. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com.